Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me once again. As you can see, Dot in the background. She doesn't have any dip to fight with, which is fine by me. She does love to fight with him. She likes to go and start trouble. It's actually really exhausting and kind of annoying. <laughs> but it's just what they do. They're siblings. I love it. I appreciate them. They're fantastic, and I wouldn't change them for the world. But today, we are going to talk about the Biden family as some people like to call them, the Biden crime family. We will see if there's any merit to this allegation. Imagine saying such slanderous things about the first family. Couldn't be me if it wasn't true. So let's see if it is true. Um, we're going to talk about cocaine sharks, as we should every single episode. Um, today, it appears to be the case that sharks are have obtained access to our country's cocaine, and therefore it is time for us all to head for the hills as we should have as soon as we saw Cocaine Bear. Just waiting for the cocaine alligators to kick in, because this is Florida after all. But sharks would be the next natural step. I did hear that shark attacks were increasing in frequency and severity. We will see what happens next time Andy and I go to the beach. Hopefully nothing bad. Let's look over at this. Let's start with this story about cocaine sharks. I just thought it was funny. Let me adjust my camera a little bit. There we go. You can see Dot a little bit more. Marine biologists warn drug-addled predators might be eating narcotics dumped by smugglers off the Florida coast because where else would this be happening? I feel like I'm going to sneeze, so pardon me if I do. Bundles of narcotics have often washed up in Flor on Florida beaches Andy and I will definitely let you know as soon as possible if that does happen to us. I'm not going to say I'm holding my breath, but I'm just saying it happens pretty often. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm dying. I am dying. I read that apple cider vinegar helps with heartburn, so I've been trying that. I've been trying milk. Supposedly lemon juice helps, but other people say lemon juice makes everything worse. Who knows what happens? I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point, but... I'll do my best to power through this evening. I don't know if we will be able to make it a full hour. Dirk says next up is cocaine murder hornets. That sounds great. Remember when murder hornets were next up on the 2020 roulette? Good times. Marine life expert Tom the Blowfish Herd, that's a great nickname, looked into whether sharks in the area have been affected for Discovery Shark Week. He witnessed several sharks showing strange behavior like approaching humans. Oh boy. I wonder if that's why the severity of shark attacks is increasing. That's interesting. In a new documentary for Discovery Shark Week, marine expert Tom Hurd looked into whether sharks in the area could have been affected by narcotics, which are often hurled into the water by drug smugglers to avoid detection. Hurd and his team of researchers noticed strange behavior and movement among the sharks and even found that when they dropped a lookalike cocaine package into the water, Predators rushed toward it and took bites out of it. Well, I now just want to know if they drop any kind of package into the water, if these things will have the same reaction. I'm curious. Heard and his colleague Tracy Finara, the University of Florida, took a dive in the Florida Keys and remarkable footage showed the moment they encountered one great hammerhead, a species usually wary of humans, um, coming straight at them. I'm going to say wary, even though the Daily Mail says way of humans. I don't think that being way of humans is a real thing. I think wary is much more likely the word they were going for. Our bubbles usually scare hammers off, so coming up on us is unusual behavior, he said. Hmm. Interesting. The shark also appeared to be swimming at a lopsided angle. Oh my gosh, maybe they're just inebriated. Who knows? Looks like she's slightly on one side. 
almost like she's weighted down. She's not quite leveled. Now that is unusual. Oh my gosh, I cannot stop yawning. Pardon me, you guys. I swear I've had coffee. I just didn't sleep a whole bunch last night. She's not quite level. Now that is unusual. He said the strange behavior could have been caused by an injury or maybe a chemical imbalance. Yeah, cocaine will do that to you. The scientists also studied a sandbar shark that appeared to be fixated by something and was swimming in tight circles despite there being nothing in sight. Heard and Fenera also created packages to look like real cocaine bales and dropped them in the water from a helicopter. The sharks were then seen heading straight to the packages and taking bites. I want to see if they drop packages of lookalike marshmallows and groceries and other stuff if sharks do the same thing. We'd have to try everything, I think. One shark even grabbed one and swam off with it, according to the documentary first reported by Live Science. The deeper story here is the way that the chemical, pharmaceuticals, and illicit drugs are entering our waterways, entering our oceans, and what effect they might then go on to have on these delicate ocean ecosystems. That's right. Sharks actually are a very delicate and important part of the ecosystem. I know they're big. I know they're scary. People tend to have a kind of irrational fear of them. They're just large predators that could potentially be a threat to humans, but humans have a really strong kind of overreaction to them. Heard said that there was no way to tell how sharks would behave if they had indeed ingested cocaine because marine life reacts differently to the chemical. The other thing we might find is actually this long flow, this drip of pharmaceuticals, caffeine, lidocaine, cocaine, amphetamine, antidepressants, birth control, this long slow drift of them from cities into the ocean is starting to hit these animals. That's right, the other week, I think it was last week we were reading about how um, birth control can find its way into the water supply because um, that's something that RFK Jr. was talking about. He was talking about being concerned about the water supply and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so crazy. Why are you saying all this stuff? And we were able to pull up at the drop of a hat long list of all of the problems facing actual places in the U.S. because of what's going into the water supply makes sense that this would be an issue in the ocean as well. Last October, a Florida resident stumbled across a bundle of cocaine on Daytona Beach. I think it's a rite of passage to find a bundle of cocaine on a Florida beach once you move here, so we will be waiting for that. Miami Border Patrol agents say they recovered at the 11-pound bag after somebody notified authorities they had seen it washed up on the beach at Volusia County. Oh my gosh. Please forgive me, guys. I'm dying here. I keep hearing about Volusia County, and I'm not entirely sure where it is. Um, Let me see. Where? Volusia County. So that is up north of Orlando near Titusville. So that's where Whisper was, I think. Yeah, okay, so that's up north of where we are. But it's not actually all that far from um, uh, Fort... Oh my gosh, I don't know where we are. You guys know where we are. We're down south of that. We're just north of Miami. Don't worry about it. I can't even remember where we are. Doing great. Chief Border Patrol Agent Walter Slosar of the Border Patrol's Miami sector, which is responsible for managing 1,200 miles of coastal border, estimated that the seized drugs had a value of $150,000. Last July, Monroe County Sheriff's Office were notified of a bundle of what was suspected to be cocaine among the mangroves in Tavernier on Florida Keys. The package weighed 72 pounds. Cocaine Sharks airs on Discovery Channel at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on July 26th. So you guys... Definitely check that out if you want to learn more about the cocaine sharks. That's actually a really interesting, serious problem facing. Lori says, my brother lives in Titusville. 
Yeah, uh, Mr. Proxy says, My, man, that would be pretty cool to find a key of pure. Yeah, uh, it would be really interesting to find a package of pretty much anything on a beach. It's kind of interesting. Whitney Houston told me crack is wax. Is Curtis? She's correct. Shark just wanted a T-bone. Instead, we threw a cocaine crack. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. William says there's a high school in 2017. Lost one of her legs and fingers by sharks. It was horrifying. Lori says hello. Hello, Lori. Yes. I was reading about a guy recently whose foot was attacked by a shark. And he said he just looked down and he saw his foot in the shark's mouth. And I cannot imagine the kind of trauma that that leaves somebody with. That's actually awful. All right, you guys, we're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the malice of the Biden family, and we're going to talk about the um, incompetence of the mainstream media. And you guys tell me if you think that the mainstream media is demonstrating incompetence or actual malice, because I cannot make up my mind about this one. This is about ABC. ABC is owned by Disney, so that they are certainly biased in one direction. We know how this works. We know how the mainstream media is. They're literally all the same. Um, they don't really change their tune. They march in lockstep with leftist ideals. And... Oh my gosh. I'm dying. I've never yawned like this before in my life. Forgive me, guys. It's not because I'm bored with you. ABC completely avoids on-air coverage of IRS whistleblowers an explosive hearing on the Hunter Biden probe. The Disney-owned, yep, network skipped coverage on World News Tonight, GMA, and The View, according to transcripts. I think we have an article about The View in other news pulled up later on. ABC News made zero mention of Wednesday's explosive House oversight hearing involving the two IRS whistleblowers who are alleging misconduct in the DOJ's handling of the Hunter Biden probe. IRS Special Agents Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, who revealed his identity for the first time this week, doubled down on their allegations that investigations were repeatedly blocked and stonewalled from seeking further information that could implicate President Biden and that requests by U.S. Attorney David Weiss to bring more serious charges against his son were denied. According to Grabian transcripts, ABC News completely avoided any coverage of the hearing on Wednesday's World News Tonight as well as Good Morning America and The View on Thursday. Both CBS and NBC offered coverage during their new newscast. So ABC was unique in this. This is especially heinous because only one network did it. This isn't them being in lockstep. This is ABC being especially awful. The View, which takes every opportunity to discuss the latest development in Trump-related scandals, instead discussed the uproar surrounding Jason Aldean's new song, Try That in a Small Town, Wesleyan University's decision to end legacy admissions, and debated whether the term wifey is complimentary for women. So, just not nothing. Just nonsense. The only coverage ABC News dedicated to the hearing was an article on its website, as well as mentions of the network's little wife of the network's Little Watch streaming channel. ABC News did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. While Fox News covered the hearing live, CNN and MSNBC did not. The two liberal networks that carried every hearing involving Russiagate, the Ukraine scandal, January 6th, and both impeachments of former President Trump aired limited segments recapping the testimony. Of course, of course. Scott Miller says it is both, ma both malice and incompetence. Yeah, for sure. NBC News correspondent Ken Delanian appeared on MSNBC to downplay the whistleblower's claims, echoing talking points from Democrat lawmakers at the hearing, chalking up the testimony as being near-routine disagreement between two investigators and prosecutors and invoked Shapley's legal team having ties to Republicans. So what? Doesn't matter. Yeah, tell me you're political without telling me you're political. Meanwhile, CNN correspondent Zachary, correspondent Zachary Cohen was invited on air to highlight comments made by Representative Jamie Raskin, 
stressing GOP lawmakers have failed to connect any of those investigations to the president himself. So this is their this is their technicality that they're clinging to. This is not in any way connected to Joe Biden himself. This is just Hunter Biden. Yes, Hunter was sitting in a room with his dad for some of these. Yes, there's communications about the big guy. There's like 10% for the big guy, whatever. Doesn't matter. They were actually told not to talk about any of that stuff, not to investigate dad or the big guy or any of that. Decision by MSNBC and CNN to not carry the hearing live is not a total shock. While MSNBC has long been booster a booster for the Biden presidency, CNN has quickly reverted to its partisan ways since last month's ousting of its president, Chris Licht, who was given a mandate by his corporate bosses at Warner Bros. Discovery to restore CNN's journalistic credibility by eliminating the network's perception of having a liberal bias, a mission his rank and file vehemently opposed. Liberal cable networks icing on live icing out live coverage of the hearing was perhaps foreshadowed by the softball interviews he granted to MSNBC's Nicole Wallace and CNN's Fareed Zachariah, while who both avoided mentioning Hunter Biden's plea agreements with the DOJ and the claims made by the IRS whistleblowers. In the weeks following up, leading up to Wednesday's hearing, legacy media made efforts to shrug off the severity of the allegations. Leveled by the IRS whistleblowers, many news organizations even using scare quotes around the term whistleblower to suggest they only receive the title from GOP lawmakers. So let's get into what they were actually saying during this hearing. This is really interesting stuff. I love this ad at the top. I don't know if you guys just saw it, but it was like a person with horrible, horrible teeth. And I just thought it was so fitting that this would be over a piece that involved detailed conversation about Hunter Biden. I don't know if you guys have seen that picture of Hunter Biden's cracked teeth, but they are really, really bad. He took it himself because he photo documents all of this stuff. Over $17 million has been funneled from foreign sources to the Biden family, confirms IRS whistleblower. That's right. IRS criminal investigator Joseph Ziegler confirmed the Biden family has accepted over $17 million in foreign payments. Ziegler joined fellow IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley to present their testimony on how they were prevented from carrying out a normal probe into Hunter Biden. Whistleblowers, whistleblower X, unmasked as a lead IRS investigator on the Hunter Biden probe, Joseph Ziegler, confirmed that the, Bi- to the, that the Biden family has accepted over $17 million in foreign payments with over half going to Hunter Biden. I'm going to continue to read this, but I want you guys to tell me if you think that this will affect how the Democrats try to run Biden again in 2024, because I don't think it will. House Oversight Chairman James Comer asked Ziegler during Wednesday's hearing to confirm the total amount of foreign income obtained by the Biden family. This brings the total amount of foreign income streams received to the approximately $17 million. Correct, asked Comer. That is correct, replied the whistleblower. Yeah. The purpose of documenting the foreign sources is part of the normal international tax investigation, he added. We have to figure out where the money is coming from. That makes sense to me. Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings LLC paid Hunter and his associates $6.5 million, but the total came to $7.3 million when a PR firm and a law firm payments were taken into account. Ziegler and IRS supervisory agent Gary Shapley testified before the House Oversight Committee that their investigation supported felony and misdemeanor tax charges, which were ultimately not brought against the president's son, Hunter, due to political pressures. That's right. Ziegler, a 13-year veteran of the IRS who was the main case agent on the Hunter probe, claimed the federal tax investigation into the president's son supported felony and misdemeanor charges 
Rather than just the misdemeanor tax charges he is scheduled to plead guilty to next week as part of a deal that allows him to uh, and avoid allows him to and avoid prosecution for a separate gun charge. Jeez. Copy editor. Come on, guys. The agent said under oath, the U.S. Attorney, uh, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the lead Hunter Biden prosecutor, asked Washington, D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves to bring those charges. But after Graves refused, Weiss threw out the potential felony charges and struck a plea deal with the president's son. I watched U.S. Attorney David Weiss tell a room full of senior FBI and IRS senior leaders in October uh, 2022 that he was not the deciding person on whether charges were filed. Shapley said, contradicting Weiss's previous public statements. If the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss followed DOJ policy as he stated in his most recent letter, Hunter Biden should have been charged with a tax felony and not only a tax misdemeanor charge, said Ziegler. We need to treat each taxpayer as the same under the law. He is correct. This is part of the reason why people are saying there are two forms of justice in this country. Obviously, the other is looking at Donald Trump possibly being indicted yet again over yet more nonsense charges in a clear case of attempted election interference as far as I'm concerned. Now, it's pretty clear that there are just two separate tracks of justice, so-called, in this country. And it should be disturbing to everyone, even people for whom the system is currently working. Because I, I feel like I'm constantly saying this. You can be happy that things are working in your favor for the moment, but if you set this system up so that you can target political enemies, you should not be surprised when the tables are turned on you. We'll see what happens. Mr. Proxy said, when Trump said I could go shooting people and my voters would still vote for me, it goes both ways. Both parties have that type of loyalty. Well, unfortunately, it's become very clear that Trump supporters actually would support him even if he shot someone because they are wild about him. Absolutely crazy. A highly... Okay, so let's read the second one about on the similar topic. Released bombshell FBI document detailing alleged $10 million Biden bribery scheme. Burisma CEO said Hunter was stupid but necessary to keep on board because his dad could protect them from problems. That is damning. That is linking Joe Biden to Hunter Biden and to their corruption. By name. Included in the damning form is the claim that it costs $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another Biden. Wow. Who is the other Biden? Hmm? All you people who are saying that Joe Biden is not involved in this at all. Why are they referring to two separate Bidens? Payments were allegedly made in exchange for the then vice president's influence in getting a senior Ukraine prosecutor fired. Although Hunter was stupid and the CEO's dog was smarter, he was needed on the board so everything will be okay absolutely wild that they're still going with the idea that Joe Biden was in no way connected to any of this stuff. This is a crazy stance to take. But I happen to know that even after all of this truth stuff comes out, people can still say, oh, you you know what? It doesn't matter. Donald Trump was way worse. None of this stuff applies. Not a big deal. We're going to roll with the idea that Biden is great and Trump is awful. Absolute insanity. Slochevsky added that although Hunter was stupid, his and his dog was smarter, he needed to be on the board, blah, blah, blah. According to the blockbuster FD-1023 form, some of which is redacted, the confidential human source met with a high-ranking Burisma executive between 2015 and 16. 
Burisma is looking to spend up to $30 million on a U.S.-based oil and gas company. However, at the time, it was also the subject of a criminal investigation by Ukrainian prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but Joe Biden is actually on camera saying that if they don't fire Viktor Shokin, who, as they just said, was investigating Burisma, he would withhold tons of money, a billion dollars in USA to Ukraine. And he said they tried to call his bluff on it. And he said, I'll call the, you know, call the president, see what happens. And he said within six hours, they had acceded to, acceded to his request. And that was pretty telling too, because that was Joe Biden. And this was him doing the work that got his son, the influence that he needed to pull the strings. And it shocks me that anyone is even trying to say that Joe Biden was in no way connected to this. Although I understand that they kind of have to say that they're kind of stuck in a corner. They're kind of kind of cornered. They got to kind of shift attention away from what's going on. They just don't cover it. They just don't talk about it. They pretend it's not a big deal. They say, oh my gosh, you know, Joe Biden had nothing to do with this. And these guys are got, these guys are on the stand saying things like we were told not to investigate dad, not to look at who the big guy is. Um, they called and tipped off the Bidens every time we were going to investigate like that storage unit. Absolutely wild. Asked whether Hunter or Joe told him to retain Hunter on the board, Flochevsky replied, they both did. The source asked why Burisma didn't pay, didn't just pay some attorney $50,000 to fight Shogun's investigation in Bur in Ukraine, to which Slochevsky replied that he slash Burisma would likely lose the trial because he could not show that Burisma was innocent. When asked how he would explain suspicious wire transferred, he responded that he did not send any funds directly to the big guy which CHS, Confidential Human Source, understood was a reference to Joe Biden. He added that it would take 10 years to find the records, i.e. illicit payments to Joe Biden. In a follow-up call, Zlachevsky boasted that Shokin had been fired, there was no longer an investigation into Burisma, and that nobody would find out about his financial dealings with the Bidens. Joe Biden got Victor Shokin fired so that he could continue to extract money from this Ukrainian setup. That's just the bottom line. And I feel like this is something that we've known for years now, but no one was taking us seriously. And I personally, I'm so glad that this is all coming to light. I personally love sunlight as a disinfectant. I think it's true that it is the best disinfectant. And I think we need more of it because this is the kind of stuff that should never be happening. And I don't care that the mainstream media and that the entire institution is on the side of the left and is on the side of the Democrats. It's absolutely crazy to me that this is happening, but I am so glad it's starting to come out. I am so grateful to these whistleblowers, and I am really hoping that their safety is guaranteed as they go through this tumultuous time. I know it's crazy. I'm really proud of them for doing the right thing. He added that as a backup to his claims, he has many text messages and a total of 17 recordings that show he was coerced to make the payments. Good for him. That's a smart man. You always record this stuff. You always keep record. If you are worried about dealing with somebody as high profile as Joe Biden, it is in your best interest to make sure you have recordings of everything they say. Because you never know. You never know when you're going to be double crossed. You never know when they're going to throw you under the bus. Remember Tony Bobulinski? He was a companion of the Bidens and he flipped on them. And you know for a fact that the Bidens were, would have done anything to get rid of him. Although, as far as I know, he is still alive, so maybe not anything. All right. DailyMail.com previously reported 
The 17 audio recordings of phone calls, two of Joe Biden and 15 of Hunter, were kept as an insurance policy. The FBI FD-1023 form was created June 30, 2020, based on information from a highly paid informant and brought to the attention of Republicans by a whistleblower. Senator Chuck Grassley obtained and published a document after a months-long back-and-forth between the top Republicans and the FBI through legally protected disclosures by Department of Justice whistleblowers. The document contains a limited number of redactions to protect the confidential human source, the handling agents, Department of Justice whistleblower names, and references to connect ongoing investigations according to a Senate aide. I don't think we're going to read this. Let's see if they give us a summary because it's like four pages. For the better part of a year, I've been pushing the Justice Department and FBI to provide details on its handling of very significant allegations from a trusted FBI informant implicating then-Vice President Biden in a criminal bribery scheme, Grassley said. While the FBI sought to obfuscate and redact, the American people can now read this document for themselves without the filter of politicians or bureaucrats thanks to brave and heroic whistleblowers. Thank goodness. Again, I'm super grateful for Super, super grateful to them. Um, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer added the FBI's memo tracks closely with evidence uncovered by the Oversight Committee's Biden family influence peddling investigation. On the FBI's record, the Burisma executive claims he didn't pay the big guy directly, but that he used several bank accounts to conceal the money. That sounds an awful lot like how Biden's conduct conduct business using multiple bank accounts to hide the source and total amount of money. Yep, that's how this happens at a high level. That's pretty par for the course, I suppose. Although you'd think this kind of stuff only happens in the movies. It it does happen in real life, but they're not as slick as they think they are and they get told on, which is interesting. Oh, uh, let's see. But the Republican expressed their continued commitment to uncovering the truth regarding the Biden family business scheme. White House spokesperson for oversight and investigations Ian Sams fired back after the FD-1023's publishing, accusing Republicans are going after debunked claims. No, they're not. you got new whistleblowers making new claims. It's clear that congressional Republicans are dead set on playing shameless, dishonest politi- politics and refuse to let truth get in the way, he said in the statement. Man, every time I hear them say something like this, it just sounds like so much projection, and it's very hard for me to take them seriously because... I just can't trust anything they say. They are. They're projecting all the time. Social justice warriors always lie. The FBI said in a statement to DailyMail.com that though the agents, through the agency's engagement with Congress, they have worked to protect the safety of their confidential sources, which the Republicans violated by making the document public. Oh, give me a break. Today's release of the 1023, at a minimum, unnecessarily risks the safety of a confidential source as an FBI spokesperson. Yeah, doubt. You just didn't want to show it because it makes you look really darn bad. Oh, look, there's the Hunter Biden ad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, really, really interesting. I just thought I should point that out to you guys because I feel like it's not been broken down very well. There's a lot going on here. It could be really bad news for the Bidens. Do you guys think it will affect Biden's chances in 2024? Because I am not sure. All right, whistleblowers versus snitches. Wives are always involved. Remember John Kerry lying about his private jet? Um, yeah, I don't think one example is enough. Um, I do know that wives are usually involved. James, uh, Texas Rangers says Jill Biden is definitely involved. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Biden bragged on camera about his corruption, 100%. Trump said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy says to vote in the poll. Let's see what this poll says. Who would you rather take investment advice from? Jim Cramer, Peter Schiff, my astrologer, or a random homeless person? That's a really good question. 
I don't know. Because Peter Schiff is only into gold, right? He really hates Bitcoin. I would take advice from Jim Cramer and I would just do the exact opposite of what he said because he's literally always wrong 100% of the time. Um, he's on the same level as um, Paul Krugman as far as being wrong. So that doesn't really, that would be my guess. I think that I think that I could really take advice from him um, and he could tell me exactly what not to do. And then I could do the opposite of what he says. So that's my plan. That's my plan. Let me pull up this article about The View talking about Lincoln, Georgia, which is where Jason Aldean is from. Because they are crapping all over this place in Georgia, and I have no idea why. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll take the media article. It's probably the best we're going to be able to do on such short notice. Country legends Travis Tritt and Pat Boone tell Jason Aldean to ignore critics of his controversial song, Damn the Social Media Torpedoes. I think that's fair. I like that. Country singers have come out and publicly supported singer Jason Aldean over his anti-woke song that he released last week. Legendary singer Pat Boone and singer Travis Tripp both backed the singer over his hit song, Try That in a Small Town. When he released his new song last week, Aldean came under scrutiny over the lyrics and music video. Yeah, that's right. I recall. Grammy Award-winning country singer Travis Tritt also fired back at those criticizing the singer over the video. In a Twitter post, Tritt urged Aldine to damn the social media torpedoes and to say what you want to see, say and be who you want to be. Um, and Travis Tritt is kind of an older older style of country singer than Jason Aldine is. Um, and then Pat Boone, 89 years old, who is a legendary singer, according to the Daily Mail, has come out and said to the aid of the quadruple platinum singer, branding the attempts to cancel Aldine as sick. 100%. Yep. And I will defer to somebody who's made it to 89 successfully because they obviously know what they're doing. They're doing something right. Speaking to the Fox News earlier, speaking to Fox News earlier this week, Boone described the country music industry as being sick over the attempt to shun Aldine. 100%. Um, and it's not surprising to me. A lot of institutions are like this. A lot of media is like this. A lot of the, the whole Hollywood apparatus, and I include music um, in this uh, for sure. Oh, let's see. It's gotten sick. I can't believe it is a country. It is. This is country music. I'm thinking about Trace Adkins. And of course, many of his songs were very supportive of opposing America's enemies. Yeah, for sure. What we're not taking into account is that many of our enemies in our own house and they're in our own countries and our own streets. That's true, too. During the Fox interviews, he also held up a Colt 44 given to him by his grandfather, Pritchard, telling host Jesse Waters is exactly the type of weapon families use to defend themselves. He continued, for anybody, country music or not, to take a stand against us is taking a stand for our right, our own, take a stand against us, taking a stand for our own rights is just sick. It's just moral sickness. I can't believe anybody is criticizing Jason. And of course, Travis Twit, Twit, Travis Tritt tweeted, I'd also like to remind my friend that Twitter and social media in general is not a real place. The views shared by many accounts on this platform are not actually representative of the vast majority of the popularity population in this country. Say what you want to say and be who you want to be. Damn the social media torpedoes. I think that's great advice. And that's great that he has friends who are standing by him. I hope that this turns into like an NHL type thing. Because I don't know if you guys recall this. Because um, this came and went really fast. But the NHL was trying to push its players to wear rainbow jerseys, and one of the players came under extreme fire 
for refusing to do so because he was a Christian. A Christian, and he's like, this does not jive with my faith. I'm not interested in dealing with this. And there were people calling for his firing. They were absolutely insane. They were rabid, and he stood his ground. And then a few other players came out and said the same thing. And eventually the NHL dropped the Pride Nights and it's a great thing. And they weren't going to require anybody to wear these um, jerseys if it went against their personal beliefs. And that's exactly how it works. And I'm very optimistic that other country stars coming out and saying that they are on the same side as Jason Aldean. That's a fantastic sign. I'm optimistic that this will end quickly. Aldine opens song, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag, and light it up. Yes, you think you're tough? Try that in a small town. So he's literally just highlighting the difference in response to violent outbursts between a big city and a small town. And he said that this is this is consistent with his community when he was growing up and the community that he lives in at the time. Now, apparently the place where he lives is a super, super racist place and The View took great issue with it. This The country star, Jason Aldean, used footage of Black Lives Matter riots for the divisive song. The song made repeated references to BLM protests, pictured NYP officers blocking the entrance of the Manhattan Bridge as protesters erupted in New York City on June 2, 2020. One line caused particular offense among some gun-hating listeners, where Aldean said, Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round him up. Well, that ish might fly in the city. Good luck. And again, he's highlighting that the people who care about the Second Amendment are not willing to let those rights be violated easily. 46-year-old capped off the song by paying tribute to Southern values, noting that small towns are full of good old boys raised upright. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. The song was met with mixed reviews, with liberal listeners feeling Aldine touting the Southern norms and anti-writing were far-right affronts, while fans found it hard to disagree with its traditional values. Taking to Twitter after the song was released Friday, Aldine said that he w- the hit was inspired by the unspoken rule of small towns. We all have each other's backs and we look out for each other. This is a direct attack by the left on the bar- very basic idea of community, which they have lost. They know they've lost it and they know that it weakens them. And instead of trying to fix the problem for themselves, they are shaming other people for having this. Okay. Being in a community makes you stronger. It makes everyone who lives there stronger. And it strengthens, I mean, it makes everyone happier. It makes everyone feel more supported. Like, I'm staring down the barrel of having a brand new baby. And right now, we don't yet have a community who can be supportive and helpful in that. And it's it's challenging, right? But if you live in a small town community, you can be sure that this will not quite, quite be such the case. I hope my new music video helps y'all know that you're not alone in feeling that way, he says. It feels like somewhere along the way, the sense of community and respect has gotten lost. Deep down, we're all ready to get back to that. Well, you say we're all ready. It turns out that most people on the left are not, in fact, ready to do that at all. Okay, so here's a fan saying Jason Aldean just released an absolutely epic music video for a song that rips into the left-wing riots, soft on crime, government, and city gun control other leftist degradation and then here's a former fan wow i used to really like his music but when i found out just how conservative he is that was it that's because leftists cannot separate art from the artists and this is why we had that um political cartoon from uh, molly hemingway yesterday showing 
you know, conservatives listening to bands who hate them because they like the music. And then you have leftists being super, super offended by a country artist that they've never even listened to making a song that they never listened to before either. They cannot separate the art from the artist and they cannot live well enough alone. They can't let other people live their lives. They have to correct them. They have to fix them. They know best. You have to try to be offended by this, added another. While fans of the country music star agreed, his focus on traditional values should be merited. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And I don't care if other people disagree. There's just a divide in this country that I don't think we can get past. And I don't know if you guys saw that goofy, corny ad from um, Jared Polis and the governor, I think, of Utah, um, Spencer Cox. It just absolutely nonsense because they're talking about, oh, we could really just all get along if we could just listen to each other. And I'm like, I, I commented and I was like, I'm sorry, but I can't make common common cause with somebody who does not believe that human life is important and valuable. And they don't. And I don't know how to bridge that divide. And I don't think that we should because I don't think we should compromise on values like that. That's incredibly significant. All right, you guys. Serenko says, I can't chat tonight because I'm driving, but still listening. Happy you are listening. Glad you're here, Serenko. Thank you for the note. All right, let's look at this. Let's look at the views analysis of the ridiculous song discussion. You've gone too far. Sonny Hassan and Whoopi Goldberg flame Jason Aldean for racist imagery. I gotta stop before we get into this. You guys know that BLM is mostly middle class white people doing what middle class white people do, which is try to tear down the systems they don't understand that make them so comfortable, right? Yeah, okay. So it's not racist to take issue with BLM just because it has the words black lives in it. BLM is spearheaded and led by and, you know, embodied through just boring middle class Antifa, what white people and some black people get on board with it and most don't because most black people are just trying to earn a living make money feed their families do all do that do all that other normal stuff only hooligans and thugs are really getting to into the blm stuff but i digress let's read what the view thinks thinks in heavy quotation marks view co-host sunny haas and whoopi goldberg called out jason aldean for allegedly invoking racist imagery in his latest country song yes because talking about chaos and disorder and contrasting it with community and peace is really racist dog whistle. I'm constantly saying this, but the fact of the matter is that if you hear a dog whistle, that makes you a dog. And I can't believe this needs to be said because only dogs can hear dog whistles. Only they can hear this range. So when leftists are constantly talking about dog whistles and noticing and pointing out and hearing dog whistles... That makes them that which they accuse everyone else of being. It's pretty straightforward. I have no idea why they use this term. It's so clearly a throwback on them. His new single has recently garnered a lot of controversy as critics claim it has racist undertones resulting in the music video being pulled from the CMT. Uh, However, ABC, the same network that airs The View, played Aldean's performance of the song at the CMA Music Festival on Wednesday night, which neither Hostin nor Goldberg mentioned. While other co-hosts during Thursday's episode of The View gave Aldine the benefit of the doubt, Goldberg and Hassan did not hold back. Why are you linking it to black people, Goldberg asked. How is he doing that? This is a man who saw what happens when someone's out of control with their guns, so I don't understand how the, it could be that dis- he could be that disconnected. I don't know what she's referring to. Is she referring to Kyle Rittenhouse? Is she referring to George Floyd? Maybe she was... Oh, you know what? Let's look this up. There was an incident on I-91, I 
I think it was I-91. There's a multiple vehicle crash. Maybe that's what Jason Aldean was talking about. I don't think it is. Because he mentioned this in his um, tweet. Was it I-91? I don't remember. Okay, you know what? We're going to do a little bit of investigation here because now I'm curious. I retweeted Jason Aldean when this first came out because he was explaining exactly why he made this song and exactly why he's defending it. And he mentioned an incident on a road near where he lived. And I thought it was I-91, but I could have been wrong. So let's go down a little bit. We're going to go have to go back a few days. Okay. Okay. Yes, Route 91. Okay, so many lost their lives there. Interesting. Let's see what happened there. Route 91. I have no idea what it was. Okay. Bunch of delays. Shootings at South Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina in January. Maybe that was it. There's a crash. Okay, so let's see what they have to say here. He recalls heartbreaking details from the Route 91 uh, Harvest Music Festival as its five-year anniversary approaches next month. Aldine was performing when a 64-year-old... Oh, okay, this is what she's talking about. 64-year-old gunman opened fire on the crowd from his 32nd floor room uh, at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in October. <gasps> this was the Mandalay Bay shooting? Holy cow. I did not realize. So this was in Vegas. That's... Wow, I just made this connection. You guys are watching me make it in real time. That's really interesting. So... She's trying to connect it to this mass shooting in Las Vegas with the guy that was never fully resolved. How he got all that ammunition of stuff up to his 30, 32nd floor hotel room. Very interesting. This is a man who saw what happens when someone is out of control with their gun. So I don't understand how he could be that disconnected. He's talking about the rioting that happened in 2020. He's not referring to 2017. He's talking about much more recent history when cities, especially big cities, especially blue cities, were fully out of control. I'm actually not going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm pleased that you are, Hostin told her other co-hosts. This is a man from Macon, Georgia. My father's from Augusta, Georgia, and Macon, Georgia. I spent many summers there. It is one of the most racist places in this country, so don't tell me that he knew nothing about what the imagery meant. Please. My mother and father, because they are an interracial cu uh, couple, were run out of South Carolina by the KKK, and my father is still scarred from that experience. And you are still scarred from that experience, she added. So don't tell me that not only was he aware of what he was doing by using that imagery, he embraces that imagery. Guys, the only imagery that Jason Aldean used in this video, from my understanding of the video, was footage from 2020. Okay. Showing rioting that happened during the Black Lives Matter riots. Absolutely wild to me. It's talking about the Vegas shooting at Route 91. Yeah, okay, it's happened during a car chase. No, it wasn't during a car chase. Yeah, okay, so Lori is correcting me that it was what happened in Vegas. That's very interesting. Yeah, and she, there's just, just vitriol, but we know that the view is like this and everybody's constantly asking, oh my gosh, who even watches the view in the first place? And I'm here to tell you that the view is one of the most popular daytime TV shows on TV. 
and we would do well to listen to what they're saying. People are constantly asking me why I use Google. They're asking me why I, why I care what CNN says because this is what normal people see, okay? Normal people use Google. Normal people watch CNN. And unfortunately, for better or for worse for this country, normal people watch The View and care about what those ladies say. Unfortunately, I'm not a big fan. I don't think it's good. It certainly doesn't do anything for our cultural dialogue, but here we are. All right, I do have some good news, though, and uh, then I think I'm going to have to wrap it here. College Town in Idaho will pay $300,000 to three Christian churchgoers who sued the city after being arrested for not wearing masks at outdoor service during the pandemic. Good. I'm glad, and I'm afraid that people are going to forget what happened during the pandemic, and they should not. They should not, because the people who did this (coughs) in 2020 will do it again if it ever comes down to it again. And Bill Gates is already talking about how we are facing the next pandemic. Absolute nonsense. An Idaho college town is set to pay $300,000 to three Christians who sued the city over their arrest for not wearing COVID masks at an outdoor church service during the pandemic. The city of Moscow says it will settle with Gabriel, Ranch, and Sean and Rachel Bonet, who were filmed being handcuffed at a communal psalm singing event in on the 23rd of September 2020 in footage which later which went viral. The trio sued city officials in March 2021, alleging their First and Fourth Amendment rights were violated by undue, heavy-handed response. They were part of a mass psalm singing in the parking lot of the Moscow City Hall organized as a protest against the mask mandate imposed by the city council. Local music teachers Sean and Rachel Bonet were arrested seemingly at random from a hundred-strong crowd singing church of singing churchgoers comprising many families with young children. That was just kind of picked him out of nowhere. And Donald Trump commented on it. Dems want you to shut your churches down permanently. Hope you see what is happening. Vote now. Well, he could have done a lot more to prevent this from happening in the first place, but he didn't. So here we are. This is the man who gave Anthony Fauci a medal in right at the end of his tenure. Footage shows two police officers, a man and a woman, handcuffing the pair in tandem before leading them away from the congregation. I don't know what is wrong with my chat. It keeps saying chat's been disconnected. Please wait while we reconnect. Successfully connected and then so on and so forth. I don't know why that is. All three could be seen calmly speaking with the officers for a long while before each arrest, attempting to persuade them to let them stay. Moscow police have told us they're going to issue citations if you don't have a mask or you're not six feet apart. The crowded city has carefully painted has helpfully painted dots in the parking lot. If you don't want to risk a citation, you can find a dot and start on it. If you also keep in mind your whole family, you can fill in between the dots if you're a family. Later, the crowd can be seen confronting the half a dozen cops on the scene from a distance with one man shouting, you've crossed a line. How dare he? How dare he shout that? What a violent protester. <laughs> it's almost like the summer of love. It's as violent as that. This is violent. That's this Jason Aldean video. How dare he say these racist, horrible things by showing pictures of white people rioting in big cities. Just kidding. Just kidding. Are right, you guys, I am going to have to wrap it here. I am dying. I could not stop yawning. I cannot stop coughing. Definitely stay out of Target moving forward. Stay safe. Stay well, etc. You know the drill. I got to record an episode of Shamer with Seamus Coglin, who is currently or will be shortly hosting Shimcast IRL over where Timcast IRL used to be. We all knew this day would finally come. He kicked out Tim, and he has assumed his rightful place as the leader of the Shimcast crew, and I'm very, very glad to see that he is taking his rightful place. Very happy for that. 
if you guys want to go check that out, that's over at TimCastRL. And then I think the episode I just recorded with him is going to come out tomorrow. We'll see what's happening. I don't know when he's going to put it up, but I had a great time talking to him. We talked about a bunch of basic stuff. We talked about um, birth control. We talked about family. We talked about, I don't know, all this religious stuff. It was great. Really good time. He's such a fun dude. I got to break the news to him that we're expecting live on air. So tune in for that. He started out by saying, oh, yeah, we stay in touch and all this other good stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're pregnant. He's like, what? I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, we don't keep in touch very well. We are friends. We don't keep in touch that well, unfortunately. Sometimes friendships are like that. You know how it is. You're still friends, but you don't have a chance to talk that much. All right, you guys, I will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Like I always say, stay safe, stay well, stay out of Target. All right, good night, Psycho Clown. Night, Texas Rangers. We'll see you all tomorrow. Bye, guys.